0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making theology central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, June the 19th, 2022. It is currently 4.13 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. Now, I don't know if you went to church early this morning. I don't know if you went to the, you know, maybe an early service, afternoon service, maybe you went to Sunday school and the morning worship service. But there's a, a probably a very good chance that if you went to church this morning, you walked in, you sat down in the sanctuary, maybe there were already, depending on your church, if they have, you know, big screens up there where they're showing slides, I bet you you may have already saw a message there. Maybe the way the church was decorated, I don't know. But at some point, you were probably sitting in the pew and someone stood behind the stood on the the stage behind the pulpit again depending on the kind of church you went to and stood up and said happy father's day everyone and and people may have said amen maybe there was applause Maybe they said, for all the fathers, stand up here today where we can recognize you and celebrate you. And everybody was clapping, and it was supposed to be a joyous occasion. And maybe after church, a lot of people went out for a Father's Day lunch at their favorite restaurant, or maybe they went home or went to the park and they fired up the grill and Oh, Father's Day, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. The same thing happens every year when you go to church and everyone stands up and says, Happy Mother's Day. And for all the mothers, and it, it's a celebration and everyone is happy. And it's, these, are, these are supposedly wonderful occasions for Mother's Day and Father's Day. But what happens when Father's Day isn't very happy? What happens when Mother's Day isn't very happy. The church sometimes seems to forget that for many, Father's Day, Mother's Day is not a happy occasion. It's it's a day filled with remembrance of pain, of rejection, of abandonment, of abuse of horrible memories, maybe for many, it's not such a great, and the church just seems to overlook that, hey, let's celebrate Father's Day and Mother's Day. Now, I know that there's a balance there, right? Because in some cases, the church can't say, well, we can't celebrate any of this because people have had horrible experiences. So I, I know it can't be that way, but sometimes it feels like the people who it's not a happy day kind of just or like, hey, you keep your unhappiness to the side. I can remember many times in my Christian life, it's happy Father's Day, you know, it's it's it, happy Mother's Day and just sitting there going, okay, clearly church is not for me today. Clearly church is not for me today. Clearly it's not for me today. I I, I felt that many times when I first became a Christian. And I wish I could remember who it was, when it occurred, I wish I could remember the moment because it would make for a great story that I was, I mean, wish, I wish I could i could tell you the story that I was standing right there or I was in that classroom or I was at this person's house or this. I, I wish I could tell you when it occurred. But at some point in my Christian life, maybe it was on a Mother's Day, maybe it was a Father's Day. i I, I don't know when it was but i'll never forget when i read these words i don't know if someone gave them to me i don't know if i came across it in my own reading i don't know i wish i could tell you when but i'll never i'll never forget at least i can't tell you the moment but i will never forget the impact this scripture had on me for a good portion of my christian life let me read the words to you when my father and my mother forsake me then the lord will take Me up. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And I I don't know exactly how I processed it early on, but pretty close to maybe from the very first time I heard the verse, or even thought about it, it became it, it began for me to go, okay, all right, mother and father, all right, horrible situation, bad, in a sense, forsaken abused abandoned all all the different words I may have used at any particular time but the Lord has taken me up the, the Lord I have the Lord everyone has happy Father's Day, happy Mother's Day but I have God you have them I have God I have I have something I almost took it almost in a, in a sense almost a, and maybe maybe I shouldn't have but I, I take I took it almost as a sense of of, of pride. Hey, you've got that. I've got better. I've got God. I've got God. And it's almost like, I know, like, I have to have God because I don't have anything else. I, you, I, I don't have, you know, I was, I was a teenager and no, no parent was sitting next to me in church ever. Like it, it, I, I, I mean, yeah, it. It became, I can't tell you all the different ways I processed it. And I'm not saying every way I applied it. I'm not saying, please don't think that I'm sitting here saying that every way, everything I thought about it, everything I did with the verse always was correct. I was a teenager trying to figure it all out. I was, I'm just, I'm now an adult still trying to figure it all out. I still don't have all the answers, but I know the verse at least gave me some sense of hope or comfort when everyone's saying happy Father's Day and Mother's Day, I can say, okay, God, I have you. All right, they can have their day, but I have you. They have that, they have you. They can talk about their families, I have you. They can be all hanging out, having Father's Day meal, I have you. They can, I don't, and so in some ways, maybe it led to some really bad ways of thinking. I'm like, I don't need anybody, I've got you. I've got, maybe it led to some bad things, but I, I, I always, in a sense, in, in many churches, felt like, there for many people in the church their life their experience was something foreign to me i'm like i don't understand your life i don't understand makes it some i don't know what that is but it's not my experience but i i i knew that at least i had god that maybe maybe i felt like an outsider in church maybe i didn't understand christians maybe they didn't understand me but i had God. So what do you do when Father's Day isn't happy? What do you do when Mother's Day isn't happy? Well, this may not be applicable to everyone, but I thought I would just take a little bit of time just for us to consider Psalm 27, because that's where, that's the Psalm where those words are found, Psalm 27. And this is not meant to be an expositional you know, in-depth study, just kind of a devotional look at it just to get us to consider it because because the verse has had a profound impact on me. In fact, it helped me through a lot of difficult times, a lot of difficult times. And I, I, I hope that maybe it will be, maybe there's someone out there today. I don't know, some young person's going to stumble across this on the internet, maybe some older person. I don't know the the stage of life you're in, your age, your circumstances, but maybe Psalm 27 can be some comfort to you, all right? So let's consider Psalm 27. Now, first, in fact, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm 27. You'll note that it's a a Psalm of David. It's a Psalm of David. So we we can take some note there. Um, Depending on your your Bible, um, this one says, my stronghold, that's interesting, my stronghold. Uh, another one, um, that's what they kind of give it as a heading. This one, no heart, my heart shall not fear. All right, but we know that it's David and it has something to do with maybe not fearing God being a stronghold, whatever. But here's what we we have at least some historical background that may give us some idea. Most Bible scholars believe David wrote Psalm 27 when he was in exile, when King Saul with King Saul and hot pursuit, when David had to run for his life and Saul was out trying to find him to kill him. That's not a pleasant situation. That's not a pleasant situation. But again, again it demonstrates that sometimes the person whom, who, someone who loves God, who's in a right relationship with God can still find themselves in times of great pain and distress. Here's David in exile and King Saul's trying to kill him. That's a time of, of great pain and concern. If this is so, the psalm aligns with other writings David composed during this time, like Psalm 21, Psalm 26, and Psalm 28, if that's true. Others think this might have been written when David was fleeing from his violently rebellious son, Absalom. For the most part, some, so we can just stop right there. So either it's David running from Saul or David running from Absalom. But in either case, it's a time of great pain, a time of great distress, a time of confusion, not a time where, hey, it's wonderful. Sometimes it's weird. You you go to the Bible and the Bible is very real, right? It doesn't have the nice little brochure. You, You ever seen church websites or church advertisements? It, it can be for a church app. It can be for anything. And they always have these these photographs, right? These stock photographs, these template photographs. And it's always showing people who are well-dressed. They they look nice, great teeth, great hair. Everything's wonderful. And they're smiling and they're excited as they sit around drinking their coffee, you know, talking and they got Bibles open. It always pictures church is just great pe- great looking people. No one's overweight. Everyone's got great teeth. Everyone's got great hair. Everyone's wonderful, great clothes. And they're all all extremely happy and joyous. Whenever churches, those stock photographs they use for church websites, you've seen them, or church advertisements, and you just like, what, that is, the Christian life, it's always supposed to be, I guess, everything's perfect. Perfect family, perfect clothes, perfect, perfect physical features, perfect smile, everything's wonderful, everything's great. And it's like, church is always supposed to be the place where everything is wonderful, everything is great. What I, what I, I I sometimes refer to that as churchianity, right? That's churchianity. What I love about biblical-anity, okay, what I like about biblical Christianity is we come to chapters where, well, things are not so wonderful. Things are not so great. If this is David fleeing from his son, his son's trying to kill him, all right? His son is rebelling against him. That's a broken family. If it's Saul trying to kill David, then that's, that's political intrigue and governmental problems and and authoritative problems and all of the issues. The Bible captures every captures the uh, the Bible does not cover up the ugliness of life in a nice glossy brochure, like you know, happy Father's Day, everything is wonderful. The Bible's like, well, things are not always so wonderful. And, and I and I, I guess I, I I relate more to, can I say this? I relate more to the Bible than I do the church. The church has to always make everything. So everything's wonderful when it's not. and, And it's like, Everyone's got to be, nobody can be a sinner, nobody can be a failure, nobody can be, it, it's like the church, we, we've almost given the idea to the church, the church is only for the good people, the church is for the messed up, broken, not happy, broken family, broken this, broken that, de, de, uh, hurt, depressed, angry, sinful, sinners, and 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 we, we've always got to try to make it like it's something different, and I, and I think the Bible gives us a more realistic approach, but let's look at Psalm 27 here. How does Psalm 27 begin? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Now, the the the, the Psalm begins with a, a, a confession of great faith. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I feel fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Well, it, it's like, I'm going to try, look, it's not denying the pain of that's around them, but it's saying, I'm going to trust in God. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes come upon me to eat up my flesh, they shall stumble and fell. Though a host shall, though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me and this will I be Confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Now, Psalm 27, 4 to me is convicting. Right? If this is written when if this is written during a time when David is being pursued by Saul and Saul's trying to kill him if this is being written during a time when Absalom is rebelling and trying to kill him, if this is during any of those times, you would think that he would not have said, the one thing I have desired of the Lord is that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I would say, no, I have lots of desires. I have lots of desires. My desire is for you to get rid of my enemy. My desire is for you to fix this situation. My desire is for you to make everything better. But he stresses, my desire is, let me read it to you again, that I I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. What is your greatest desire? In the time of greatest distress, and the time of your greatest grief, And the time of your greatest pain, and the time of greatest darkness, what is your greatest desire? Relief? Comfort? The end of the pain? The removal of the situation? Or is your greatest desire that you may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of your life and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple? What is your greatest desire? Is your greatest desire in time of your greatest pain God or is your greatest desire in times of your greatest pain God's actions to make your situation better? Do you desire God or do you desire God's actions on your behalf? Which do you desire more? God's action to resolve the pain or just simply God? If your greatest desire is just God, then no matter what happens in your situation, you can never be disappointed or depressed or sad because God is always there. You can always worship him. You can always praise him. You can always pray to him. You can always meditate on him. But if, you're, if your desire is for God's actions on your behalf, that can lead to great discouragement, depression, because it may not always work out the way you think it is. It, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. It does. Your situation doesn't always get better. So what is your greatest desire during your greatest time of distress? Verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, and, his, and in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies, round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou saidest, seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. What is your greatest desire? during your greatest time of trouble, and what do you seek? What is your greatest desire, and what do you seek? Your greatest desire should simply be God, and what you should seek is his face. Greatest desire should be God, not God's actions on your behalf, and what you should seek is not comfort or solution, but seek his face. Any other other thing can lead to disillusionment, discouragement, depression, despondency, and just any other phrase you want to come up with. Your greatest desire has to be God, not God's actions on your behalf. And what you should seek is God's face, not seek solution. Uh, You you just have to seek God. Verse 9, Hide not thy face far from me, Put not thy servant away in anger, for thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. And then verse 10. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Now, think of it this way. Your greatest desire should be God, not God's work on your behalf. What you should seek is God's face, not, listen, what you should seek is God's face, not necessarily solution or comfort. Just seek his face, and this is important. What you must cling to is your relationship with God. When everything is falling apart, cling to your relationship with God. Cling to that. Desire God above anything else. Seek God instead of anything else. And cling to God compared to everything else. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. If you if you cling to the relationship with God, no other the failure in any other relationship the the failure you you will have a, a the lasting relationship a sustainable relationship with God. That's the relationship you must cling to. Now, when we talk about when father and mother forsake me, I think this is important. I think these are some scriptures that I think I would I would I would bring in here. Let's go to John chapter one. Let's go to John chapter one, verse twelve, John chapter one, verse twelve, but as many as received him to them gave his, he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, who were not born who were not which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. We have become the sons of God by faith, we have become the sons of God because we have received him. We have placed our faith in God. We have become the sons of God. So now I can say that I am a child of God. I have a relationship with God. He is father. I am son. And no matter whatever else happens, I can cling to that relationship. While other relationships dissolve, while other relationships disappoint, while other relationships fall apart, while other relationships hurt, you can cling to the relationship with God. First John 3, 1 First John 3.1 1 John one. 1 John 3, 1, behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Just think of the, 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 the love the father has shown on you that you, me, we could be called the sons of God. How could we be called the sons of God? We don't deserve to be called the sons of God. We were by nature, the children of the devil, but children of wrath. But because of faith, because of what Christ has done, we can be now called the children of God. That is great love. That is great mercy. How about Galatians chapter four? Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, but when the fullness of the time was come, God, when the fullness of time was come, God, if I can read this correctly, Galatians 4, 4, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And because you are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We have been adopted. We Look, we may not have mother or father. It may not be happy Father's Day. It may not be happy Mother's Day. But we have a father. We have a parent. We have a spiritual parent, which is God. We have that. So in a sense, it's happy happy Father's Day every day for us because we've been adopted into the family of God, and God is our father. God is our spiritual parent. So whenever all the relationships let us down, we have this relationship we cling to that is far more stable, far more secure, and is always there and will never disappoint us or forsake us. And then Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, Romans chapter 8, verses 14 through 17, for as many are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba father. We've been adopted into the family of God. God has adopted us. We didn't adopt God. He adopted us. He chose us. He elected us. He saved us. He called us. He adopted us. We have now become the children of God. We are in a relationship and nothing can change. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Pain, suffering, death, fear, failure, our own sin, our own failure cannot separate us from the love of God. You may have been raised in a family where the parents were like, you're a failure. You're a loser. You don't count. You don't deserve anything. You deserve to be beat. You deserve to be humiliated. You deserve to be shamed. But no, nothing can separate you from the love of your spiritual parent, God. You've been adopted, and your failure, no matter how bad it is, no matter how embarrassing it may be, no matter how much shame you bring to the name of Christ, even though the your brothers and sisters in the Lord may want to throw you out, cast you out, talk about you and point their finger at you, it does not separate you from God's love. That is a relationship. Everyone else may forsake you. You're C- fellow Christians may forsake you the church may forsake you your pastor may forsake you your your spouse may forsake you but god will never forsake you the lord will lift you up go back to psalm 27 what do you do when father's day is not a happy day well psalm 27 is a good place to start but let's go look at a couple of let's go back and remind ourselves a couple of things psalm 27 all right what do, first, what do you desire above all? And during your time of great grief, what is your greatest desire? What is your greatest desire during your greatest grief? Your greatest desire should be the Lord, that you desire the Lord. You desire the Lord. Your greatest desire should be God. Your greatest desire should not be to resolve the problem, resolve the situation, fix the situation. Your greatest desire should be God. And the reason I say that, any if your desire is great, if your desire is for this, the 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 a different diagnosis for for this to be fixed or this to be fixed or this, all the th- all the solutions you want, if that's your greatest desire, you're going to find up you find yourself with great despair. If your greatest desire is God, you will not have great despair because God is always faithful and is always there. And what do you seek? Do you seek solutions or do you seek God's face? Seek, desire God. Seek God. And this is very, very uh, the next one. I, I cannot, st- I cannot stress this enough. When, when no matter what is happening. Cling to your relationship with God as an adopted son of God. Cling to that relationship, because sometimes father and mother may forsake you. Brother and sister may forsake you. Christians may forsake you. The church may forsake you. You may want to forsake yourself, but God will never forsake you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. All right, and then verse 11. "'Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies.'" Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And you can do what you want with verses 11 through 14. There's plenty there to meditate upon. But I just want you to know that when the Lord, when Father's Day is not a happy day, when Mother's Day is not a happy day, when all the other days that people want to celebrate within the church, when mother and father forsake you, the Lord will take you up because you are an adopted child of God. God adopted you. I want you to know God chose you. He called you. He saved you. He adopted you. You are now his child, and nothing can change that. So when everything begins to fall apart, your desire should be him. You should seek him and you should cling. Desire, seek, and cling. Desire him, seek him, cling him. Cling to him. Desire him, seek him, and cling to him. That's how we meet our times of great despair and distress. Because being a believer does not help you, it's not a guarantee that you are going to somehow be kept from that pain and tragedy. David was suffering. David was suffering greatly. Either Saul was trying to kill him or Absalom. was was, uh, you know, he was dealing with the situation with Absalom. All right? Um, And, I mean, there's just no other way to get around this. Right? He was either fleeing from his rebellious son or fleeing from a crazy king. See, David's faith in God did not keep him from this great tragedy. So if all you ever do is seek, oh, okay, my desire is for God to fix my problems. I'm going to seek God, God to resolve all of my problems. And I'm going to cling to God so that he will make everything better. You're, you're going to end up discouraged. Desire God above anything else. Seek God above anything else and cling to that relationship. David's relationship with the son was, was a mess. His relationship with Saul was totally a mess. But, but, but our relationship with God It's never a mess. Even when we fail, even when we sin, even when we have completely proven ourselves unfaithful and unworthy, God, nothing will separate us from the love of God. I, I present to you Psalm 27 on Father's Day 2022 as something to consider when Father's Day isn't happy, when Mother's Day isn't happy, when any other day isn't happy, where everyone else seems to be happy and you feel abandoned, alone, hurt, ostracized, like misunderstood and confused, sometimes churchianity, it's not always where you may feel anything. But The Bible is always real and God is always there. You can email me your thoughts, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I apologize for almost losing my voice in the middle of it, but of course, I did not plan that, and of course, I can't simply edit it out because this is a live broadcast, but hopefully, after I muted the mic, cleared my throat, and came back, it was good. I was hoping I could just talk through it, but the longer I got, the more it got worse, so I, I hope that it's okay. All right. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. I would love to get your thoughts on this kind of devotional thought on this Father's Day. And you can tell me whether you agree or disagree. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. Remember Psalm 27. Desire God, seek God, cling to God. All right. God bless.